The Women in Agile podcast series amplifies the voices of outstanding women in the Agile community. We are dedicated to sharing the wisdom and inspiration our community has to offer by telling our stories, being thought leaders, and having open conversations with our allies. This series is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile organization and Accenture Solutions IQ. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. I'm your host, Leslie Morse, and today we are chatting with Billy Shutpelts. Billy is an Agile coach and trainer that has become known for her work on conquering imposter syndrome through the invented invention of what she calls Oopsland. It is an alternate reality where we have the safety and permission to become the person we're wanting to be. And as part of her own personal growth and development, she's participated in the 10 Women Strong Shine program and is pursuing certification in organization and relationship systems coaching, which is also known as ORSC. Billy, thanks for making some time to chat today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is great. Yeah, this is, um, I think, a a good... uh, Thing to dig into in one of our early women in agile uh, episodes. I know you speak at a lot of conferences about imposter syndrome, and you've been on the main agile amped podcast series and talked about this. Um, but really, kind of targeting this towards women's development and the, some of the challenges that we have is we're continuing to to grow equality um, not only within the agile industry but you know overall in general. Uh, I think this is going to be a good one for listeners today. Yeah, it's a really important topic. So hopefully we'll get some value going. Yes. Excellent. Excellent. So let's talk a little about your journey that got you to even focusing on imposter syndrome, right? What's that story of how you went about sort of finding your voice and building your presence as it came to kind of getting into this area and focus? Yeah, well, it was probably about um, somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago that I was completely overwhelmed by my own perfectionism. I just hit a really rough spot in life and nothing I did was ever good enough. No achievement, promotion, money. Like I had moved across the world to several different countries before the age of 30. Like my accomplishment list was crazy and it was never good enough. And I was just completely exhausted and burnt out. And I needed a tool. Um, Obviously I was in therapy. I'm a big proponent of people um, getting therapy and um, any other mental health awareness tools, all that. And I'm a big visualizer. Um, I've done a lot of stage acting and I'm assuming kind of at this point in time, I was probably writing a theater, um, something, because otherwise I don't know why I created this, but um, Oopsland became a visualization for me so that when I was spiraling and I was most frustrated with myself, I could actually ask myself the question, what would the people of Oopsland do right now? Like, how would they respond to this? So I created a world called Perfect Island, which is where I lived most of my days in perfectionism. And I wanted to move to oops land, but I didn't know how to get there. I didn't know how to be okay with failing. Um, I didn't know how to just be my authentic self. And so I would use this as my visualization. That's really cool. And you, the, I start thinking about this idea of like, it was never good enough. Through this journey, did you find that that was really something that was very self-imposed? Were there societal factors that were also impacting that? Can we just dig into that for a minute? 
Yeah, I'm assuming um, I'll make a broad sweep here that most of the people that are feeling like the things they're doing aren't good enough. It's um, probably rooted a bit in um, some childhood things. And Mm -hmm. there's studies as well about imposter syndrome being rooted in um, childhood trauma. But um, it was self-imposed because of beliefs that I had registered as a child in certain situations. So whether they were true or not, it doesn't really matter because my heart had registered them as true. And so it was the process of like inner healing and therapy and these visualizations and things that helped to clear that. So a little bit imposed by society because that's all we see on Instagram and TV and and models, right? But also internal beliefs from my childhood. Okay. And so you talked about, right, we, you had like perfect island, you've got oops land. What was your, you talked about you lived mostly in a uh, perfect island and you wanted to start living in oops land. If you had to evaluate yourself today, where would you, how would you describe where you live? Is it a combination of the two? Are you still splitting time? Yeah, well, that was um, one of the uh, failures actually um, in the, at the meta level that is kind of funny now is, Back then, I thought that I would be able to move to Oopsland and I'd be able to just stay there. And (laughs) that would be success, right? (laughs) That would be enough. And now as I've grown and as I've healed, I realized, oh, no, there's a boat that goes back and forth between the two Mm -hmm. or maybe a plane. Who knows? Right. Maybe a teleporter, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) because it is moment by moment. Yes. Yes. No, I've I've been okay with the fact that I will now be traveling back and forth. And, and that's the new tool, right, is is learning the awareness, realizing which place I'm living in and being able to teleport back. (laughs) Yeah, so awareness, you know, in in a lot of these podcasts, we've been recording, right, even our allies are talking about, you know, really, you know, functioning well as an ally for the women in agile movement requires awareness for right how you're showing up and how you're creating space for others right here we're talking about awareness again and it's come up in a lot of different ways what are the the practices and some of the things that you've done to really increase that sort of in the moment awareness so that you can like realize what's going on yeah, a lot of it was working the process. So it was the the process of um, recognizing my emotions. So self-awareness of what am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. I was a blank canvas for a lot of years. I couldn't feel a lot of different emotions. So um, that's really important. If, if you can't get in touch with your emotions, I highly recommend people start working on that. And that's, again, another lifelong journey. Um, But once I can feel my emotions, then I was able to say, well, which emotions don't I want to feel anymore? Like if I don't want to feel anxious anymore, then I would, you know, work on, okay, what would the people from Oopsland do right now? Well, this is what their culture is and this is what they believe. And okay, they would probably respond this way. So that's what I mean by like working the process. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no pill. Unfortunately, it's not the matrix. Um, And I can't just um, quickly change it. But yeah, that self-awareness is a lifelong journey, but it's so valuable. And programs like Shine and Orsk and all that help with that. Yeah, that's definitely true. 
Now, so let's, let's, let's talk about shine for a minute, right? So 10 women strong, still relatively new, the shine program that they have, I think is the one that's becoming the most popular right now. Um, you were one of the early participants in this work, uh, that Lisa and Carolyn and others have really, um, launched. What was that program like for you? And as you talked about, right, you know, how has it kind of helped shift your level of awareness, maybe con, um, you know, and conquer some aspects of imposter syndrome? Yeah, it was really helpful. It's definitely a program, though, that you get out of it what you put into it, Mm -hmm. which is probably true for a lot of things. Um, But I guess if I had one sentence about what it helped me do is alignment. It helped align me to myself. And like, here's an example of one of the sentences I wrote when I started the program was that I've spent decades um, trying to find my purpose in the world. And it's hugely depressing to not know why you're here. I I feel like I get that question all the time from people. What's my purpose? Why am I here? What's my calling, if that's the word you use? Mm -hmm. So that was one of my opening sentences um, as I joined Shine. And one of my summarizing sentences at the end of it was, um, what if instead of finding my purpose, I find myself instead? Ooh. And by finding myself, that leads me to fulfilling my purpose. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was, it was pretty deep for me. It was, it was a really good program. Um, that's great. What, what, what would you say some of the highlights were that led you to that shift? Yeah, like they helped me define my values or explore kind of my top three values mm-hmm. um, a little bit more because I'm learning that as we make decisions in life, being able to ping them against your top three values or three to five values is a really solid way to lower anxiety and have more confidence in your decision-making abilities. So they helped with that. Um, We had to come up with mantras and titles and um, the process of that. Again, it's working the process is where most of my gold came from. That's great. And the... I'm sitting here like reflecting on like, well, what are my core values and, uh, you know, how can I, uh, you know, make sure I'm using those correctly in my own decision-making and all sorts of things. So it's like, that's the great thing about these conversations is all of a sudden, like I find myself mentally hijacked. We're like, well, how does that apply to me and what's going on? I hope, (laughs) I hope that's something that like our listeners can just hit the pause button and be like, well, wait a minute. I want to think about that for me right now, because you, you make such an important point. The absence of those values, you really don't have kind of the guardrails for helping you make decisions and knowing if you're making the decisions that are kind of in alignment with you being the who you want to be, mm-hmm. right? That's got to be very yep. intentional um, and exactly. sort of have a, a, a discipline and a rigor to that. Um, Kat Connor talks about the phrase discernment a lot, mm-hmm. right? And so using that level of discernment um, as you go through day-to-day life on you know minor and major decisions. Yeah. And programs like Shine give you a group of people that help you kind of unfold that, help you f- figure out what those are, because they're a lot harder to do by yourself. Yeah. But 
I'm I'm pretty sure you and I could um, come up with some exercises for any of the listeners. Maybe that's a future podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, absolutely. We could just sort of <laughs> brainstorm it uh, live while yeah. recording. <laughs> now, yeah. um, so as as the work you did there through Shine and right, helping kind of build your awareness and tapping into those core values, um, you speak about and run workshops on imposter syndrome quite a lot. Have you found that your work through Shine has... Um, change the way you're going about those uh, those workshops and those presentations as you kind of educate others on imposter syndrome and invite them into oops land? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, because it was all kind of unfolding, like the conference talks came first. Okay. And then I've done co-act, a lot of um, co-active coaching. I've done the ORS. Shine was last year. So they all work together, but I feel like this most recent conference where I um, did the um, Ideation Island business agility thing with Oopsland, it, uh, my work through Shine made me a lot more solid. Like it really helped to hone the topics, right, that I want to bring. Because imposter syndrome is pretty broad. Like mm-hmm. let's face it, it's, it's becoming a topic um, a flash in the pan or whatever. There's a, there's a lot of blogs and everything about it now. Yep. So shine has helped me focus in on what I want to bring to that conversation specifically. And then if, if for people that have not been to one of your sessions that you do, what are those like? Yeah, they're fun. Cause, um, <laughs> <laughs> as I said, I've spent a lot of years in live theaters that so, I prefer simulations Mm -hmm. and acting and um, just getting into our essence as humans. So they're fully experiential. Um, It's not even just a workshop. It's you're in it. We're in it together and we're creating a new world. Um, What I found is that people didn't understand Oopsland. So in the workshops, I change it to Ideation Island because it's the same concept where we're free to fail. And that's how um, we discover ourselves. And the premise that um, Shine and other programs help me come to is that um, people, or here's my belief, my hypothesis for those workshops is people are the most authentic and the most, well, let me start over. People are the most innovative when they're operating in their authentic voice. Yep. And if that's true, then maybe as a society, we shouldn't focus so much on innovation We should focus on getting our people to their authentic self and the innovation will come out naturally. So that's kind of the premise of those workshops. Yeah. And that completely makes sense. It's kind of the idea of, you know, as a, as a leader and in an organization, right. By focusing on creating the right environment where your people can thrive, then all the right things will happen for your business. Exactly. Yes. That's great. Um, so I think what are maybe some of the stories of aha moments you've had through the series of workshops you've done? Oh, um, I love watching the people connect. So because it's experiential, um, I'm not necessarily in all of their conversations. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm more the facilitator, the guide, which is my character in the simulation. But what I love is watching the connection between the people in the workshops and watching them do the exercises together. And then there's a moment that we're talking about psychological safety. um, That is a little bit of my drop the mic moment because people just haven't thought about it. Like in regards to themselves. 
So I have them brainstorm psychological safety, and that's usually a really good dis- group discussion, right? Because everybody has a different opinion on what equals a, a good team. Like pe- agilists especially really go into thinking about it as a team. Mm-hmm. But then I have them look at all of the things that we've created around psychological safety, and I turn it internally to them. And I ask if they're doing that it for themselves, inside of themselves. And that's one of my favorite moments because most people have to answer no. I'm, I'm not giving myself psychological safety. I'm willing to give others psychological safety. But in my own head, in my own heart, I'm beating myself up. I'm abusive to myself, things like that. Yeah, it's like you, know, you see those those memes and the the sayings and things on um, online a lot. You know, the person you talk to the most is yourself. So be kind. <laughs> and, and right, that, right yeah. that inner dialogue, right, is even going subconsciously when we're having other conversations and, you know, it's going on in the way we dream when we're sleeping and all of these sort of things. So um, there is a, uh, a health aspect to making sure that that conversation is a safe one. Um, exactly. And I, we probably don't focus on that as much as we should. Right. Because I think we're all kind of burnt out on, oh, yeah, negative self-talk. That's right. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. I need to stop that. But we don't realize just the power in changing our internal conversation and creating psychological safety for us first. Um, Because like another theory that I bring out or a hypothesis um, in one of the sections of the workshop is I believe that no one can create psychological safety for anyone else on their team until they've created it internally first. Oh, and yeah. that, right. That shows up when people, when the stress hits a team or a manager or something, and they go back to their old ways and they go back to command and control. That's just a leading indicator that they don't have internal psychological safety. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that makes me think of, uh, I was in a meeting, uh, earlier this week and was talking and I found myself getting triggered and I realized in the moment, like I didn't have the self-management to handle it well. Right. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, I just, it, acknowledging that that was going on for me and saying like, I might not be so skillful for the next couple minutes because I'm trying to get myself in check. Yes. That's and, great. Right is I think me knowing I may be violating my own psychological safety a little bit (laughs) and like there's something weird going on, but the comfort to be able to say like, one, that's a totally normal thing to have happen. Um, And two, right. If, if something's not feeling right in the moment, like that's like, that's what's going on for me. It's going to shift the way we're all interacting right now. Yeah, exactly. And allowing yourself the space to just breathe for a minute, right? Mm -hmm. Like, or, yep, I love the way you said that. Like, I'm not going to be the most skillful for a little bit. And that's okay. Yeah, it's okay, because this happens to everybody, right? Yeah. And I think, right, if we kind of go back to this idea of perfection land, right, Mm -hmm. in perfection land, you'd be like, I've got to keep all this together. And maybe, right, uh, I'm going to just change the subject completely because I want to avoid this thing that's right, making me uncomfortable. Right. Yes. Um, or maybe I'll pull up my phone and look at that. Yes. Versus like just lean into the fact that ah, that's a thing that's happening and that's okay. Yep. Yeah. Imagine the power in our conversations if if we could be that transparent and that authentic of and just stay in that moment 
but be okay and lean into it as a group, right? Like yeah. not just you internally, but also with the people around us. Like that'll be a really powerful world once we get to that point. Yep. And then, right, the next step from that is, you know, having conversations with people openly about, oh, and this was the trigger. Let's talk about that because yeah. there's probably some impact feedback that can go in there at the same time. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yep. Or self-awareness or uh, just trust building, right? Yeah. Like that would build trust with the people around you. Yeah, yeah. Yep. absolutely. I love it. For sure. So um, we've, you mentioned ORSC, you mentioned Coactive. Um, how do you feel like right, d- diving into professional coaching skills is something that's um, useful for, right, not only women, but people in general, working on this kind of inner health, um, that we're, we're discussing here? Yeah. Well, number one, I, I hope that everybody has an opportunity to receive personal coaching. And then, um, the other thing that I've heard from multiple people and experienced myself is that when you're going for the certification, everybody says, Oh no, I had to change myself first. Yep. So the, the people that go through those really long programs like that, they had to shift personally before they're able to use those tools and those skills with others, coaching others. Yep. Um, so I think it's worth it, but I also want to acknowledge that it's super expensive and um, yeah, it's just, it's a struggle, right? Cause like I first wanted to take ORS in 2014, I think, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until this year, five years later that I was actually able to afford it. Right. So so I just acknowledge that, you know, I'm not telling everybody to go spend $10,000 on um, that sort of program, but they're so dynamic. They're so amazing. Yeah. Having done uh, the the five month training program with that, I, I think the thing that stood out for me the most was never in my life had I spent three days a month consecutively for five months doing mm-hmm. nothing but work on me. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, That's great. And, yeah. Because right, we get so caught up in life and we're busy. It's like I saw something the other day that says, if you're feeling like you don't have the time to meditate, that's really when you need to meditate the most. Um, but we we yep. tend to get wrapped into this vicious cycle and pace of our society and don't take the time to work on us as much as we should. And I think, you know, if we if we think towards stereotypical kind of female versus male roles and those dynamics, you know, is women more often being the caregivers of to others, right? That inner mm-hmm. care and self-care um, is even more difficult. Yeah, it really is. But um, investing in ourselves, like the whole dis- alignment to myself, like everything that I figured out in Shine and all that, it allows us to actually be better at caregivers, whatever role we're in, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're better in that role when we've given ourselves the time to breathe and when we've invested in ourselves like that. So, yep. and I know everybody probably already knows that, but I'm just huh. taking on. Yeah, there, do it. <laughs> there is someone today that needs to hear that message. Exactly. <laughs> right? if you, exactly. you see those online too. I'm not sure who needs to hear this today, but you don't need anything at Target. That's <laughs> the latest one that I saw right now. And I was actually thinking. I needed that one yesterday. Yeah. And, and really mine should say on Amazon, right? No, I don't know who needs to hear this today, but no, you don't need anything from Amazon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh my so. gosh. 
it's a I love it. So many different things, so much different inspiration. Uh, what yeah. else, Billy? Right, you've um, you've done all this work. You've grown so much yourself, right? Especially you talked about this journey, kind of over the p- past fifteen years, and in that quest out of perfection land. Even though it's a place you still are in often, um, what else do you want people to know? What else is important? Um, I think maybe if I kind of um, like some of the values, give them an example of um, some of the values. So um, freedom and flow is an example of one of my values. So I can ping decisions and um, check my emotions against that. Mm -hmm. Am I feeling free right now? Taking back my personal power is also something else that I've been leaning into. So I can ask myself, in this moment, am I taking back my personal power? Um, grounded powers. So I also ask myself, am I feeling grounded in any given moment? Um, like in that meeting, you could have asked yourself, am I feeling grounded? And these are my personal values right. and stuff. But like my biggest one that Orsk helps solidify for me, because Orsk is about systems coaching, right? Yep. Orsk helps solidify trust the system. And like, if I could just give that peace that calming element to um, everyone listening to this is trust the system. The system has a voice. The system has wisdom beyond anything that we have. And we are the system, right? Like we all make up this system of people and we are also our own system. But if I can just trust that, trust my intuition, so much of the struggling goes away. Yep. Uh, I think that's, you know, I'm trying to think of what the relationship systems intelligence or that RSI cornerstone principle Mm -hmm. is like the system is naturally creative and resourceful. Is that how you phrase it? Um, And and that's, and that's really what you're talking about. Like trust the wisdom of the system, right? Whether that be Mm -hmm. your inner system, because we know we all have many voices within or whether it be kind of the outer system that we work within, um, whether personally or professionally, whatever it may be, right? It is, you know, creative, resourceful, and whole is more of the coactive phrasing that we talk about, right? From the coactive stance yeah. there. But um, yeah, we, we have the wisdom that we need. We just need to trust in mm-hmm. it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yes. Love it. Excellent. Well, Billy, thank you so much for making time with us today um, and going through this chat. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Women in Agile podcast series. It is brought to you in partnership from the Women in Agile nonprofit and Accenture Solutions IQ. We hope you've learned something new and invite you to tell a friend or coworker about the podcast. Please go online to womeninagile.org to learn more about our initiatives and find more inspiring podcast conversations. Thanks for listening to this Women in Agile podcast episode. Find more inspiring conversations by visiting womeninagile.org slash podcast checking out the podcast series on iTunes, or visiting your podcast application of choice. If you have an idea for a topic, speaker, or feedback on an episode, please reach out to us via email through podcast at womeninagile.org.